Cross FM 94.6, your community radio station for all your job vacancy adverts. Have you got job vacancies you want to advertise for unbeatable prices? Then look no further than Ross FM 94.6 for your job vacancies, which will be aired on the Business Hour show every Thursday between 5 and 6 p.m. Contact us today via email info at rossfm.ie to have your job vacancies on air. This is Martina Dockery from the Mixed Bag Music Show. I'm just dropping by to let you know about an exciting opportunity to advertise on Ross FM 94.6 and on our website rossfm.ie. Have your ad on the air this week and remind Roscommon that you are open for business. Take advantage of our competitive rates and submit your application today at rossfm.ie forward slash advertise. So do it today. We're waiting to hear from you. Ross FM supporting local business. Join me, Jim McCausland, for the Business Hour on Ross FM every Thursday from 5pm to 6pm for all your business news and business chat. Hello and welcome to a business show on Ross FM with me, Jim McCausland. Today I'm joined by Niall Donlan of Globe Metalworks in uh, Strokestown, County Roscommon. Hi Niall. Thanks for joining me today on the show. Hi, Jim. Yeah, thanks very much for your call. Uh, as I was saying, I was saying to you earlier uh, before the interview that your call came out of the blue, and we're very much appreciative of, of your call. So, yeah, great. Well, it's great to be speaking with a business owner that is so diverse in what they do and so engaged with the community of, uh, where you are out there. So, we're delighted to have you on our show today. Now, in terms of your company, could you tell me a wee bit about that business, please? Well, Globe Metalworks started in the year 2000 uh, after, after me being away traveling, working for the previous uh, 17 years, give or take 17 or 15 or 17 years. I, I actually don't know what this is, but uh, I traveled all over the world, like doing engineering, like uh, in different forms and different guises. And uh, uh, then arrived back to Ireland in the year 2000 uh, and set up my business, um, and and that's and I started from there. Now I hear that you also can produce uh, artworks as well. Could you tell me a wee bit about that? Well, we have no problem like doing artwork or helping out artists who are not familiar with the metalworking uh, uh, processes, and we can offer them advice. And we can also help with their design as well, or, or little, uh, you know, little variations on their design, which will help in the manufacturing, which is our end of the of the problem. So, if if an artist has uh, some idea, and we can help them within reason, we have no problem uh, offering help to them, and obviously doing their project. How did you get the idea of setting up the company? I got the idea of setting up the company was, I guess, I as I said, I travelled halfway around the world and back again, and. Uh, I came back to Ireland and the year was 2000 and things were looking on the up. So I decided then, you know, if if I was going to start a business, then was the time to start it. And uh, I uh, started it and uh, kept it going through good and bad. Fair play to you. And, um, yeah, like you say, there was a great optimism in the early 2000s. Everything was kind of starting to take off and all that there. And uh, it was a good time to set up a business, I suppose. Uh, now... One thing that I really want to ask you on this show was, how does a man end up in Alaska for four years servicing the largest U.S. fishing trawler fleet? 
And that's a very good question, Jim. <laughs> um, I guess if I was to tell you, tell you a lie, I tell you it was all planned. <laughs> you know, as everybody knows in your career, there's several twists and turns, and you end up where you end up. Uh, I guess I started off. I trained as a fitter in Ireland, and then after after completing my you know my four year apprenticeship, I did another course. Uh, in the advanced welding, which is coded nine pipe welding, which allows you to weld on oil rigs and pipelines, like it's, it's it's the advanced pipe welding. So I did that, and then I qualified as that, and I worked in Cork for a while, and then I earned my stripes in Cork, and then I went on to Holland and Germany and France, I think, in between. And then in '93, the Donnelly visas, you know. Uh, were being handed out in the US and I was lucky enough to get a Donnelly visa so I went over to New York and I lived in New York then for two years and during that time I did a course in uh, commercial diving which allowed me to work underwater and weld underwater which like with all the skills I had overground I was now able to do underground so that's how, how that followed and uh, <clears throat> one of my first few jobs was working in, in, in the nuclear power industry up and down the east coast of America as far north as Maine all the way down to Florida, the Carolinas, Arkansas, and everywhere in between, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, while I was working in the, on those jobs, and I, I got contact, as you do, with other companies looking for staff. And for some strange reason, like Alaska, you know, uh, uh, seemed seemed a good fit. So I got on the telephone, like there was no emails back in those days. Like I, I got on the telephone and I and I asked, uh, I, I pleaded with the boss up and I asked, would he be interested in having me up there? He was more than happy actually to, to take me on. So I flew from New York up to up to the far echelons of Alaska and uh, stayed there for three and a half years, three and a half, four years. And uh, did you enjoy your time in the States? Out of curiosity. I did. Yeah. I did. I, I actually love my time in the States. I actually love my time in New York, which was great. Like because to be honest with you, when I left Ireland, like I was after serving my time as a fitter, and then I went on. To, so it was all it was all work and all everything else. So when I got to New York, I actually like I had a blast, uh, which was great. Like after doing all that other work. So, but New York is the land of opportunities, or even America. So yeah, it, it was great. Like not having to go with cap in hand, or you know, maybe not that extreme, but to look for work in America, and they were more than happy to to uh, give you work. Yeah. And if you're a willing worker, like like the, the possibilities are endless in America, which yeah. wasn't the case in '93 in Ireland. I suppose when you look back on your time in, especially what you done was high risk stuff. You're down welding underwater and all that there. I'm sure you would look back on that time now and say that the regulations for them kind of things have totally changed. Well, for the regulations, like when I was when I was working on on the nuclear power stuff, that was the best. That was the highest regulations anywhere on the plan, on the planet. I don't remind America, mm-hmm. and to go from there to Alaska, which was on the far reaches of like society, never mind America. Uh, so you can imagine that the regulations wouldn't be as wouldn't be as uh, as uh, uh, strictly enforced, which meant that you could get away with doing like a lot of stuff that that uh, that you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Now we all lived and uh, nobody got hurt or anything like that, but uh, there were things that you wouldn't that you wouldn't do again if you were given the opportunity. But back then, it seemed they're perfectly normal. But uh, so yeah. So Alaska was like that, like you know, it, 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 it was kind of like the last uh, frontier as regards America, nearly, nearly like the Wild West, but but not quite that bad. But 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 it definitely was the last frontier as regards like the outpost of of America, which is really what it was. But I think since then, since then it has uh, it has changed a lot. Now the regulations, all the. Uh, you know, more regulation has, has has come to that part of Alaska where I was, simply because there's actually more trade and more traffic 
in that area. So, so, so with all that comes probably more regulation. Everything is by the book now. Whereas when I was there, like it wasn't necessarily that, you know. When you say that there's more trade uh, on the seas uh, in terms of transportation and all that, why why was that? Why is that uh, came to pass? Well, is there... well, I think because of the because of the ice sheets melting and all that, and, and they're able to to uh, circumnavigate the northern hemisphere without having to come around Florida like, uh, like and back up. Like they can come across the top of America now and across by Canada. And uh, now with that newfound wealth and with that newfound traffic, you, you obviously have, have have the governments become more 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 interested. So that was the catalyst for reform. That was the yeah, catalyst exactly, for bringing exactly. in yeah, yeah, yeah. all that, that kind of stuff. Okay, now each week I ask our guest to pick three pieces of music for us to listen to. What's your first track for us? Well, my first track is a song by Bob Dylan, and uh, uh, it's it's called um, it's. Uh, you know, my Brownsville girl is called. That's coming up now. Thanks now. Well, there was this movie I seen one time about a man riding across the desert and it starred Gregory Peck. He was shot down by a hungry kid trying to make a name for himself. The townspeople wanted to crush that kid down and string him up by the neck. Well, the marshal, now he beat that kid to a bloody pulp. As the dying gun finally on the sun and gasped for his last breath. Turn him loose, let him go, let him say he outdrew me. Fair and square I want him to feel what it's like To every moment face his death Well, I keep seeing this stuff And it just comes a-rolling in And you know it blows right through me Like a ball and chain You know, I can't believe we've lived so long And I'm still so far apart me like a rolling train I can still see the day you came to me on a painted desert in your busted down phone and your platform heels I could never figure out why you chose that particular place to meet oh but you were right it was perfect as I got in behind the And we slept be the Alamo Your skin was so tender and soft Way down in Mexico You went out to find a doctor And you never came back I would have got on after you But I didn't feel like letting my head get blown off Well, we're driving this car And the sun is coming up over the Rockies She knows this car would go out of control. 
Welcome back. I'm joined in studio today by Niall Donlan of Globe Metalworks. Niall, one of the big points of difference for your company is that you design and handcraft your own unique range of exterior lamppost lighting. Can you tell me a wee bit about that? I can, Jim, yeah. I, I can tell you a lot about it. Uh, the history of the outdoor light in Ireland, uh, that came to being when we were doing uh, gates, as we do, and we do doing a high-quality gates. But we used to do the trade shows in Dublin, and there was a demand for what people asked me to make lampposts and all that other stuff. Uh, I, I, also, you know, you know, we happened their new gates installed, they also wanted lampposts. And uh, so that's where the idea of the lamppost lighting came from. Now, the history then was, uh, how do we find a lamppost? And I had no intention of actually like designing and making my own lamppost. So I actually used to import from Eastern Europe a high-quality aluminium lamppost. Mm-hmm. which was very good quality. And it wasn't like the ones, you know, which you have in your garden now, which are all turning white and they're, and they're all degrading, like that's the aluminium one. But when I was doing the trade shows, I was selling the aluminium lights, but they were all, everybody was asking me about this problem with the aluminium. And I knew that, I knew, I knew that the product I had didn't have that problem. But trying to, trying to explain that to, your, to every customer just became, it became ridiculous. And it also became uh, too much trouble. And it put doubt in people's minds, even if you were telling them, you were telling them all the good stuff, uh, and they still weren't sure. So I said to myself, I've got two options here, that I either stop selling lights, or I go cast iron. Because in cast iron, then you're not going to have any problems yeah. as regards, like, uh, 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 you know, degradation or the lamppost falling, falling in two or breaking in pieces. That's not going to happen in cast iron. So I went ahead and I designed my own range of the cast iron lighting, as you do. And uh, and I get them made in the Far East and they come in in parts. And then we assemble everything here in Ireland. We get the steel for the post from Butler Steel over over in Ballahadrine. And the paint is like sourced in Dublin. And, uh, and we wire it and glass it and paint it, paint it actually three more times in Ireland. Uh, and then it's ready to ship out. Uh, the motif on the lamppost actually was the was the hardest thing actually to achieve. We were looking for some kind of emblem to put on the base to make it distinctive, which would show off, you know, its unique, uh, you know, design of our lamppost. And it just so happened after weeks and weeks and weeks of googling and searching and going through images and Google search and all that that we've seen an image of the cladder ring with the interwoven hands and all that kind of look to it. And we designed our our motif at the round the, the, the cladder ring, and it so happens that it just worked out perfectly. Like even if you were to have a, a team of geniuses, and I'm not overstating, <laughs> you sitting in a room designing an emblem or a motif, it couldn't work out as good. So we're over the moon with that. Uh, but it it just happened, you know, it just happened by itself. But it took a, it took a lot of effort. But we're very happy with our design. Uh, based on that, you know. I suppose now, um, when you look at people putting in lighting in front of their house and their gardens and all that, there, lighting isn't just about the decorative element of it. It's it's about other things too. I'm thinking like health and safety. I'm thinking about security that your house isn't in the dark at or at night. That um, them kind of things would they be big factors for people when they come to choosing lighting? Most of our customers, when uh, choosing lighting, obviously want to decorate the, the front of their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the section, the, the second problem is that they want lighting. They want light. So when they come in on a winter's evening or a dark evening, that their garden and their driveway is uh, lit up 
um, especially when they get out and park their car, to have lights coming from the car to the front door. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the main reason like customers would actually like obviously like to do up the front of the garden or the back of the garden mm-hmm. uh, and to do it up like the best they can like with, you know with the best products uh, you know I mean, that they can source and then it's also done about lighting obviously after that yeah now your business relies on a lot of skilled uh, labor uh, to, in order for you to do this stuff mm-hmm. is that a challenge recruiting people in rural ireland it is a problem, Jim, yeah. It is a problem. Well, it's a problem world over, but it, it, it is a problem, you know, in a small village like Ruthie or Kilslap. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. Trying to get, like, skilled, like, fitters, fitter, fitters, like, or fabricators in who you can give them the drawing or whatever and have them go ahead and make it. So trying to find somebody like that, like, is, is like, few and far between. Uh, you know, there's a severe lack of, like, trade people in Ireland, you know, never mind, you know, Ruski here. So, yeah, it's a big, it, it's a big problem, like, uh, and... Um, you know, I suppose everybody's hope, every employer's hope is that someone someone calls up who some some employee is uh, looking for work who's really good. That's, yeah. the, that's the that's the holy grail, but uh, that's not the case. You know, as you know yourself. Yeah. Now, uh, coming along from that, there, do you think that the education system puts enough value on trades? I don't, Jim. No, I absolutely don't. Yeah. Like uh, when I was at school back in the eighties, and it was like if you mentioned that we're going to get into construction. You know, you know, I mean, not that we had any idea what we were going to do back then, but everything was geared towards college, and it's still geared towards college. And they're even creating more college places yeah. with more with more college courses that are not even practical in the real world. Like, and like, I suppose it's the every every father and every husband husband and wife wants their son or daughter to go to college. That's the ideal, isn't it? And that's like you know because you can mention it out to your friends or have a daughter in college or a son in college, but. You know, in like real terms, like there's actually, but people don't realise it. There's actually more money to be made at being a fitter, mechanic, or like an electrician, or a plumber, or a carpenter, than there is, I'd say, in about forty or fifty percent of the college courses wouldn't even come close to the, wouldn't even come close to the wages that, that you could get if you're for the tradespeople. I think the education system is not geared towards pointing people towards trades. Yeah. And that's like that's unfortunate. Uh, but it, like it instance, seems to. I was to... reading in the paper there during the week uh, that there's bigger drivers in Dublin, for instance, mm-hmm. of working a building site. They're making 800 euros a week, which would probably be equivalent to anybody with a with a FeeTech six or seven grade um, uh, college course. Mm-hmm. But those same people, they're crying out for them in Germany and Britain. They're offering them free accommodation in Britain and paying them 1,600 euros a week. Jeez. Now, you tell me what college course, no matter what college course, other than other than the high excellence of it in, in the medicine and all those fields, that you're going to get 1,600 euros a week. Yeah. It's, it, it, like, it's not achievable. No, it's so, not. So, um, I, I definitely agree with trades. Like, trades are the way to go. Definitely do. Mm-hmm. And I'd have a grow for that. And I'd recommend anybody... Who's anyway half thinking like you know should to do should to do a college course like the, the you know um, you know which there's no interest in it's crazy doing college courses if you're not suitable for it. Well, the the other side of things is too now a lot of people go into college courses and I include myself in this. I, I went through university back in the day, <laughs> and uh, you come out with a big student uh, debt that you owe for fees and all this here. Yeah. And you, you probably wouldn't be exposed to the same level of debt if you went through learning to do a trade. 
Right. There's no debt, Jim. You, you actually get you actually get paid for your training, as you know. You know well. In case these guards are, you actually get paid for your training. Yeah. So you'll actually have a car maybe in your second year of training, whereas you know, and 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 a decent car, and yeah. uh, you know, all that stuff will come quicker to you. The money actually get paid for your training when you're when you're, when you're doing your trade. Yeah. And it gives you a lot more flexibility when you have your trade done after your four or five years or you know whatever it is that you can uh, set up your own company, mm-hmm. uh, which is. And some of them college courses that you definitely couldn't couldn't set up your own company yeah. after finishing after finishing like one of the basic college courses like a, you know you know because you wouldn't have the skill level but you will have the skill level after four or five years of a of being a of being a tradesperson you you would definitely have the trades and the knowledge gained to to start up a business quicker I think. But the, but this attitude towards uh, people choosing trades and all that there, this doesn't exist in places like Holland or Germany. Uh, there, like uh, the the focus for that there is totally totally different. Would yeah, I be right in saying yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I tell you an experience. Even in America, like I found the training in Ireland was way superior training as a fitter and a welder. Uh, you know, especially a fitter because a welder because a welder is a welder to be up to a certain standard. Any of it all have to be the same standard. But obviously then there's good and bad fitters and everything else. But the training in Ireland was way superior than, than any than any fitter that I came across in America. Like like sure sure enough now that uh, that have fitters and they specialise in one area. But in Ireland you're trained in you're trained in three or four areas, five areas. And you'd be good at all those five areas. Whereas the guy in America, he'd be good at maybe one or two of them, but he'd have no knowledge of the other of the other three or four. So I uh, like you know, wherever I uh, I worked I always stood out. You know, as a guy, they could turn to like, like, and do other things that your fellow supposedly fitter or fabricator couldn't do. They wouldn't even ask. Yeah. So you know, the training is great in Ireland, and obviously Germany, Germany have their own trade schools, and Poland, I think, as well, have their own trade schools, and uh, mm-hmm. like it's nearly, it's nearly considered, uh, you know, first option, I think, in Poland or Germany to go to a trade school rather than college if you're if you're if you're if you're, if you're anywhere suitable for it. Yeah. Whereas in Ireland, it's uh, it's, it's completely the opposite, like. You know, well, maybe that's the way, the direction that we should be going, where we do have these more uh, regular trade schools in different regions and all this here. Yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, you know, that the industry is actually crying out for, for uh, trade people. So, so that shows you straight away, like, there's a, 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 you know, uh, of a shortage in, 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 in trade people. So, uh, like, uh, like, you know, if you couldn't ask for 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 a better time to think of becoming a tradesperson, because you know there's going to be a demand yeah. for your skills even when you're qualified. So, you know, but like I don't know, so, like it's actually interesting uh, that we're having this. Under, it's not like everybody wants to, you know, uh, turn around and say that their son or daughter's in college, and it's uh, uh, you know, if they were to sit down and go through the numbers and to realise that you get much better treatment and um, you know much more chance of uh, betterment if you do a trade. Yeah. It's actually interesting that we're having this conversation around trades and attitudes towards trades and all that. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't see a newspaper article or a social media post or whatever it is about the housing shortage, the housing crisis in Dublin and different parts of Ireland and all this. And while we're having this conversation, it would nearly make you think, is it a failure of successive governments, not about building houses, but to actually train people and put an emphasis on trades that we're able to build houses. Well, is there any is, is there any trades person as a TD 
up and up and all air, and I don't think there is. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know myself, either. No. But th- yes, there's other underlying issues why housing wasn't built and all that. There, and it's a complex oh, yeah. subject. Oh, no, that, like, uh, that all came like, like because there was no investment, and when the crash came, everybody when the investment stopped, and obviously people people still live, and you know, and uh, and uh, new houses will always be in demand, but. Uh, the, we, did, we just didn't have the money to build a house, I think. That's yeah. my take on it anyway, you know. Yeah. OK. Next up, we're going to play Neil's second choice of music today. What have you got for us, Neil? Well, I was going to give you the other one first, but I'll give you this one. It's Crime in the City by uh, Neil Young. OK, that's coming up next. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm joined in studio today by Neil Donlan of Globe Metalworks. Neil, um, as well as Globe Metalworks, you also have a number of sister companies. Could you tell me a bit about those? I can indeed, yeah. Uh, I would have prefaced all this 
by saying like uh, you know and though we have like sister companies like we're not a multinational uh, <laughs> you know you know uh, company by any means but what I did was uh, I used the internet and I have um, I've got five other websites now believe it or not uh, but it's all related to the same business, which is uh, which is Globe uh, Metalworks Limited. It all has to do with steel, or it has to do with light. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the first one is is my Globe Metalworks Limited, and then I have the Outdoor Lighting Ireland. That's another. That's a sister company, which, uh, as uh, as we described before, the, the history of the outdoor lighting where that came from. So that that ties in with the gate. And then we do Globe Stainless Handrails, which is a sister company of Globe, which we do the handrails for for your office blocks or, or we do them for for your house or your school or whatever so that's the handrails and then we do the globe estate fencing which is the old style estate fencing and it's all metalwork it's all it's all uh, linked back to the globe metalworks limited and then last and not least is the school bag racks we make up school bag racks uh, as well which is metal but it all links back to globe and i suppose the beauty with that was was that the websites are so cheap like once you have a website made it's so cheap, like to, for the maintenance and to and for the annual for the annual fees every year to get your to get the website up up on the on the internet. That it's so cheap that it made sense, like to break it all into different sections. One, the, you know, rather than have Globe uh, Metalworks and then a load of a, a, you know a load of information on the Globe Metalworks site, which wouldn't have helped anybody, like to, you know, to navigate. So it's so cheap, like to have a website that we just made five five websites, which so showing all our showing our, showing our five different products. Yeah. They're all linked back to Globe. I believe in terms of your uh, school bag racks that you do you do, do a bit of exporting of those. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we've exported, believe it or not, our school bag racks uh, to Italy, France. And we presently we have an order for London, which we're making. And uh, and Ireland, obviously. So, yeah. yeah. I believe, too, that you're also in the process of setting up a garden centre uh, just at your site, just outside Strokestown. Um, do you want to tell me a wee bit about that? I'll try and tell you a small bit about it, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I uh, bought the premises here in uh, 2010, and uh, you know it's a it's a great big building which we ha- which we do all our engineering. But there was another half an acre, maybe maybe yeah, you know, open three quarters of an acre, which was unused, was just a field. So we have developed that, and we're uh, and we got planning permission uh, for a garden centre. Now the garden centre, believe it or not, because we have an outdoor showroom here at the workshop showing off our gates and our lights. I thought it'd be a good add-on to have a garden centre so people are coming shopping for their garden products are also going to be interested in our lights and gates. So yeah. that's where the garden centre added on to the low metalworks. We're, 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 we're still building it and uh, but it should be finished in a number of months. I'd say in about two months that it should be ready for for opening, I, I, hopefully. Mm-hmm. There is that linkage. Some people would say, "How do you go from uh, metalworks exactly, to exactly. garden center?" There is yeah, that linkage. No, if you saw the if you saw the layout here, we have an outdoor display mm-hmm. and we have an indoor display of our lights. But in the outdoor display, all our lights are on display, and and we have several gates, you know, on display, and the estate fencing is on display. Mm-hmm. So people are coming here anyhow, like you know, to look at that. And if you have a garden center, they can nip into the into the garden center, or the people come to the garden center can nip across. Have a look at the lights. Neil, from Globe Metalworks to Outdoor Light in Ireland to school bag racks, boat fixing and now a garden centre, you've diversified into a number of areas. What would you say is the driving philosophy of your business? That's a good question. Uh, I would say the driving philosophy was quality. We always did quality. We always did quality gates. I know a gate is a gate, but our mm-hmm. gate would be a step above a lot. Mm-hmm. 
of others or even all the others uh, and we always and we always went for the best and the best quality in, in the gates be it hardwood gates or be it like steel gates or stainless steel so it, it was all built in quality and and obviously like pricing as well we'd be fairly competitive in pricing mm-hmm. but once we kept going with that the other parts just fell into place obviously in the in the outdoor lighting we we designed our own range of lights that was simply because I was telling you before of, of, of the cast aluminium, and we were constantly yeah. telling people how good it was. People were believing us, but still wouldn't buy it, or they weren't believing us and didn't buy it. So mm-hmm. I said, was, you know, uh, we will either stop selling the lights, or or, 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 or we do it right. So we did it right, and we designed our own range of lights, and they're cast iron, and they're built for 100 years or 200 years to be here, like long after I'm gone. But uh, all this quality, I, I think. I think that was the driving that was the driving force. I think. Yeah, and uh, kind of, what do you think is your vision for your business going forward? You're you're embarking now on a garden centre, at on the site of your other business. At uh, where do you see where do you see them businesses going? Well, I see the businesses like uh, holding their own and hopefully taking off and. Uh, me, uh, I uh, won't say taking a backseat, but uh, definitely uh, I'll be doing I'll, I'll be doing less work as regards building garden centres or doing any structural work. I think uh, I'll be I'll be solely be into sales from now on. So hopefully, like we'll have enough of customers that will be able to generate all these sales, which which is what I'm hoping for. So I'm so I'm hoping like to stick at sales from now on. There'll be no more uh, construction or building things or, but yeah. whatever it is here now is going to stay, and we'll and we'll work for that for for, for a little while more. See where we end up. Obviously, that's your passion. Uh, there, the the construction thing and all that. There, it's a means to an end. You need to construct the stuff so she can get things in and get things done. But it sounds like what you do, you're passionate about. It's not just done for the sake of doing it. No, no, it's not. Believe it or not, I actually think the passion came from from selling and and uh, was I was working in my uncle's shop when I was a teenager on 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 Sundays. He would go off and play golf, and I'd be I'd be left running the shop. This was in the Dandy Diner in Longford. My uncle John Donlan used to he he had a news agent, so I'd go in there every every Sunday morning. I I, I don't even know what time it was around nine o'clock or whatever, and I'd sit there to one o'clock and someone else would take over. But I was there. I was there for about three or four years, and I think I got a passion for that. Like I didn't even know it at the time for 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 uh, working and selling. That's where it came from. Yeah, is there a strong export market for your products? And if so, which countries uh, are you are you currently dealing with? Well, we've sold to Italy and we've sold to France. We've done we've sold to Irish bars, like people doing up these Irish bars on, in France. Actually, in Paris, I think was one that we sold. We sold some of our products. We actually had a had a customer from California last year uh, who got half his I think half his property was burned down in the wildfires. I think it was a. I think it was from, from, from Irish descent originally, but he must have done his homework and found us. And he was looking for some of our products. And we sell, we sell now, believe it or not, you know, before the Brexit happened, uh, we used to sell a lot. Uh, well, uh, not a lot, but we used to sell to the UK now regularly uh, as well uh, throughout the year. So we'll see how that works out, uh, you know, going forward as Brian Cowan. Uh, you know, we'll see if they, if they still make those orders uh, based, on, based on Brexit, like I hope they do. 
Yeah. Are you open to uh, more things in the lines of exports? I'm thinking into the states or whatever else. Would you be inter- interested in looking at them kind of areas for expansion? I would. I would. I would. I would for 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 sure. Like I, I won't turn down business, Tim. Like to be honest with you, like you know, mm-hmm. if, there's, if there's a if there's an honest pound to be made and uh, and 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 it's not too too difficult, like I will definitely go for it. Like you know. Yeah. Um, you touched on uh, Brexit. A lot of uh, businesses in Ireland are finding it very hard to import stuff at the minute. Things are getting tied up in docks, customs, getting paperwork ready and all this here. Are you finding the same kind of things? Well, you know, I mean, lucky enough, most of our stuff is sourced outside the UK. And mm-hmm. there is one part of our product range from the gates and lights and all the other stuff that, we, that, you, that, was, uh, that had a, a distributor in the UK... Mm-hmm. So now that particular product isn't isn't found readily, uh, as you would imagine. So to try and start as another product is, is proven is proven difficult, and we will manage it. But that's that's our problem with it now at, at the minute, like and trying to organise and trust the UK actually, you know, to send this thing over and all this, you know, all the problems that are going to be uh, come with that. We would we're actually we're actually sourcing, trying to source our own product, which avoids the UK. And I'd imagine there's a lot of other companies, there's many companies doing the same as that. With this product that they, that they tend to make in the UK and that, um, it sounds like it could be another business venture for you. Well, well you know, they didn't make it in the UK. They were, they were, actually, they were actually importing it. All right. But, they, but uh, as you probably know, they have the rights, or, or they had the rights mm-hmm. to, to Ireland. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, you, so you couldn't go direct to uh-huh. the people they were buying it off. So there's obstacles. But now, but now they, they, they still have the right. But I don't think the people who are supplying them realise like what's happening. You know, it's going to take another little while for that to trickle through to these other companies who, who, were, who were relying on the UK to distribute their product to the rest of Europe. But that's changed now. Yeah, yeah. Neil, what would you say is the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Best piece of business advice is, uh, I don't know, like if I was to give advice, I'd say it's hard work. You have to keep at it. And, and there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, I mean, that's to sound like an old, old, old man here, but, but there's nothing going to land in your lap. You have to, everything, you, everything gained it, it will be gained by, by you and you alone, mm-hmm. as you well know. So, yeah. so it's not easy now. It's, it's uh, definitely not easy being in business, as everybody knows. I think one of the, the, the secrets to business is only commit yourself to stuff that you're actually believing and that you're actually passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I find yeah. that steers me. If definitely, if you don't, if you don't have a passion, you have mm-hmm. no hope. Absolutely. I find that steers me. There, I I do what I'm passionate about, and I, I commit. Yeah. I commit to it fully because I am passionate about what I do. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's very true. You run a lot of very successful businesses. Outside of work, what do you like to do to switch off? I like to uh, walking, music, uh, gardening. So that's, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of taking up golf again. So, um, but it all depends on my shoulder. No, my shoulder isn't great at the minute. But if it improves and I can, and I can swing a golf club, I, uh, I uh, might as well get back in now to golfing again after all this is done. You know, uh-huh. it's important to have that there time to kind of wind down and relax and kind of reframe things too. I think um, you need that there space from work to kind of get perspective as well. So it's great being committed to your work, and you have to be committed to your work. But you have to have that there space where you can reflect and oh, oh absolutely to regenerate the, the, the batteries of nothing else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I spoke to a guy, Jarlafo uh for one of these shows, 
And Jarlath said to me, Jim, it's very important to work in your business, but it's also very important to work on your business. And you can't work on your business if you're working in your business all the time. Yeah. So you have to take yeah. that time out to think and strategize and work out what way. Okay, I know what I'm doing on a daily basis, but where am I going in the long term? What am I doing? How do I get there? Uh, to, yeah. Uh, Neil, when you're doing business in the rural uh, community, I suppose it's very important to help out other businesses and kind of all businesses. T- well, what I find is all businesses tend to work together and come together to help each other out. Um, do you do you find that there? Do you find that it's really important for businesses to network and come together more in the rural community? Uh, it is, yeah. Like so that, that's the cornerstone of 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 any business is, is is being able to network because like you're going to need some help like from some you know I mean outside source uh, and, and you're going to need it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So if you network, uh, you'll obviously get the connections that way. Like and uh, I would always. I would always pass on like a like uh, if a customer came to me with with with, with a problem or a project, and I couldn't do it. I would uh, I would give them other names of other companies who would be more suitable to it, and uh, and I would do that regularly. Like you know, I definitely wouldn't say that you know I mean, that I couldn't do it, and I wouldn't offer them any help. I, I would always uh, I would always offer them help, and I would always offer them like another contact, you know, yeah. at, at some other business mm-hmm. that they can go to. So I've no, I've no problem doing that. Like. So you don't just see other businesses as competitors or whatever else. If you're not able to meet a, a certain customer's specific need, uh, there, you're out there uh, promoting other businesses. You're out saying to them, well, do you know what? Maybe I, I'm not the best person for that there that you're specifically looking for, but this other business in the locality is able to meet your needs. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It is indeed, yeah, because because if I can't do it, then I can't do it. So there's no point in me... Uh, uh, not passing business to someone else uh, who, who uh, locally who, who uh, can do it like like so that so that's no good like you know so I would uh, I would definitely pass on information like you know uh, uh, like if our companies can't do it then there's no point in me him and on like I might as well just pass on the information like a network as you say and help uh, you know you know help the customer out and also help uh, some other business like and help them along the way. And I mean, hopefully it'll, it'll be returned back to me in the same way. Would you like to give our listeners your website and contact details uh, to contact you? Right. Well, the website for the gates is globecraft.com, G-L-O-B-E-C-R-A-F-T-S.com. And, uh, and the lighting one is the, is the outdoorlightingireland.com, outdoorlightingireland.com. And then there's links on those websites to all the other all the other websites, like you know, uh, back and forth, and they'll have links back as well. So, yeah. Would you have a contact number too, Neil? Oh yeah, oh seven one nine six three eight three three three, or I'll give you my mobile as well. It's oh eight six six zero seven one seven one four. Brilliant stuff. That's great. Okay, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank my guest. Neil Donlan for taking part and Margaret McHugh for helping me produce this show. Join me next Thursday from 5pm to 6pm for more of the business show. Our last pick of the day by Neil is is uh, is a song by Kate Bush uh, Cloud uh, Buffing and I want to give one final thing Jim if that's okay yep. I uh, want to wish my wife well and best wishes to my two daughters uh, Eva and Grace Brilliant stuff, thank you Thanks Jim, thanks very much I Just in me
Join me, Jim McCausland, for the Business Hour on Ross FM every Thursday from 5pm to 6pm for all your business news and business chat. Ross FM 94.6, your community radio station for all your job vacancy adverts. Have you got job vacancies you want to advertise for unbeatable prices? Then look no further than Ross FM 94.6 for your job vacancies which will be aired on the Business Hour show every Thursday between 5 and 6pm. Contact us today via email info at rossfm.ie to have your job vacancies on air. This is Martina Dockery from the Mixed Bag Music Show. I'm just dropping by to let you know about an exciting opportunity to advertise on rossfm94.6 and on our website rossfm.ie. Have your ad on the air this week and remind Roscommon that you are open for business. Take advantage of our competitive rates and submit your application today at rossfm.ie forward slash advertise. So do it today. We're waiting to hear from you. Rossfm supporting local business. Text in your request to 83 Ross FM 94.6 Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web Listen in online at rossfm.ie Sunnus Nursing Homes have two homes in County Roscommon. A new quality of life awaits you at Sunnus Clover Hill and Sunnus NSRE. To find out more about any of our 12 homes, visit our new website, sunnus.ie. Heinz Pharmacy, Castle Street, Roscommon. Contact us on 09066 34147. We offer a wide range of in-store services. We also offer online loyalty points. So log on today to HeinzPharmacy.ie. That's Heinz Pharmacy, servicing the community of Roscommon. Contact us on 09066 34147. McGuinness Total Health Pharmacy, Main Street, Roscommon. Offering professional health advice, care and additional health services to the people of Roscommon since 1891. Open 9am to 7pm Monday to Saturday Contact us today on 090-66-26193 and McGuinness Total Health at healthmail.ie. That's McGuinness Total Health Pharmacy, Roscommon. 
Westport Scania, your local Scania dealer and vehicle test centre. Established in 1959, we are one of Ireland's premier heavy goods vehicle suppliers. Our test centre can look after your light and heavy tests at short notice. And if you are looking for that gift for the trucker in your life, why not check out our web shop on westwardscania.ie. For Scania trucks, parts and services, Westward Scania in Strokestown is your best choice. Phone 071 96 34500 or email importer at westwardscania.com. Lynch Flooring, Golf Links Road, Riscommon. For all your flooring needs, carpets and timber flooring, luxury vinyl tiles and vinyl, free measuring and quotation service. Telephone us on 090-6666-006 or find us online at www.lynchflooring.ie or check out our Facebook page. If you're a local group or club, Roscommon PPN is there to help you. If you are a member of a local group or club that wants to join others in working for the well-being of the people of County Roscommon, then joining Roscommon Public Participation Network can help you through sharing information, capacity building, communicating effectively with the County Council and influencing local government policy and services. Your group can join the 320 others already registered. For more information or to join, log on to www.roscommonppn.ie or call 090-66-66735. Jerry Glynn Carpentry Roscommon. Bespoke interiors, kitchen and wardrobes, second fixings and flooring. Telephone 086-102-0094. For all your painting needs, contact Tom Crane and Son on 087-767-5842 or visit our brand new website, tomcraneandson.ie, celebrating 50 years in business. Did you have polio? A national polio register is being launched in the Northwest by the charity Polio Survivors Ireland. Sign up to give all polio survivors a stronger voice. The National Polio Register will help ensure that everyone who had polio will be included in planning for medical care and other supports. Help safeguard your future by registering at polio.ie or contact 0188 Kilbride Community Centre Sports Hall, Social Hall, Community Bus and Community Shop Contact us on 09066 29949 KC's Roscommon With Londis, Circle K, Supermax, Papa John's, Super Subs and Ticketmaster All under one roof That's KC's at Lone Road, Roscommon Call 090-663-8000 Roscommon Town Teams Aiming to make Roscommon a better place to live, work and play Find us on Facebook Computers for you. Technology you can trust. Get the best deals here with over 15 years serving the community. We offer superior service at affordable prices. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet or PC, or wish to trade in your existing laptop, 
We offer excellent value on purchase and special offers. We have stores in Balladreen, County Roscommon, Ballina in County Mayo. We are your local one-stop shop for all your computer requirements and friendly service. Visit our website on computersforyou.ie or call us on 094 